Chapter Two of the Sayings of Lao Tzu by Lao Tzu, translated by Lionel Giles. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nemo. Tao, as a moral principle or virtue. The highest goodness is like water, for water is excellent in benefiting all things, and it does not strive. It occupies the lowest place which men abhor, and therefore it is near akin to Tao. When your work is done and fame has been achieved, then retire into the background, for this is the way of heaven. Those who follow the way desire not excess, and thus without excess they are forever exempt from change. All things alike do their work, and then we see them subside. When they have reached their bloom, each returns to its origin. Returning to their origin means rest or fulfillment of destiny. This reversion is an eternal law. To know that law is to be enlightened. Not to know it is misery and calamity. He who knows the eternal law is liberal-minded. Being liberal-minded, he is just. Being just, he is kingly. Being kingly, he is akin to heaven. Being akin to heaven, he possesses Tao. Possessed of Tao, he endures forever. Though his body perish, yet he suffers no harm. He who acts in accordance with Tao becomes one with Tao. He who treads the path of virtue becomes one with virtue. He who pursues a course of vice becomes one with vice. The man who is one with Tao, Tao is also glad to receive. The man who is one with virtue, virtue is also glad to receive. The man who is one with vice, vice, is also glad to receive. He who is self-approving does not shine. He who boasts has no merit. He who exalts himself does not rise high. Judged according to Tao, such conduct is like that of a glutton, an object of universal disgust. Therefore, one who has Tao will avoid it. Perfect virtue is unconscious of itself as virtue, and therefore it is true virtue. Inferior virtue tries not to fall short of virtue, and therefore it is not virtue at all. Perfect virtue is inactive, having no need to act. Inferior virtue acts feeling the need to do so. Perfect charity operates without the need of anything to evoke it. Perfect righteousness operates but needs to be evoked. Perfect propriety operates, and if there is no response, it resorts to force. When Tao is lost, virtue appears. When virtue is lost, charity appears. When charity is lost, righteousness appears. When righteousness is lost, propriety appears. Propriety is but the veneer of loyalty and good faith, while oft-times the source of disorder. Foreknowledge is but a showy ornament of Tao, while oft-times the beginning of imbecility. Therefore the truly great man takes his stand upon what is solid, and not upon what is superficial, upon what is real, and not upon what is ornamental. He rejects the latter in favor of the former. When the superior scholar hears of Tao, he diligently practices it. When the average scholar hears of Tao, he sometimes retains it, sometimes loses it. 
when the inferior scholar hears of tao he loudly laughs at it were it not thus ridiculed it would not be worthy of the name of tao he who is enlightened by tao seems wrapped in darkness he who is advanced in tao seems to be going back he who walks smoothly in tao seems to be on a rugged path the man of highest virtue appears lowly he who is truly pure behaves as though he were sullied he who has virtue in abundance behaves as though it were not enough he who is firm in virtue seems like a skulking pretender he who is simple and true appears unstable as water if tao prevails on earth horses will be used for purposes of agriculture if tao does not prevail war horses will be bred on the common if we had sufficient knowledge to walk in the great way what we should most fear would be boastful display the great way is very smooth but the people love the bypaths where the palaces are very splendid there the fields will be very waste and the granaries very empty the wearing of gay embroidered robes the carrying of sharp swords fastidiousness in food and drink superabundance of property and wealth this i call flaunting robbery most assuredly it is not thou he who trusts to his abundance of natural virtue is like an infant newly born whom venomous reptiles will not sting wild beasts will not seize birds of prey will not strike the infant's bones are weak its sinews are soft yet its grasp is firm all day long it will cry without its voice becoming hoarse this is because the harmony of its bodily system is perfect temper your sharpness disentangle your ideas moderate your brilliancy live in harmony with your age this is being conformity with the principle of tao such a man is impervious alike to favor and disgrace to benefits and injuries to honor and contempt and therefore he is esteemed above all mankind in governing men and in serving heaven there is nothing like moderation for only by moderation can there be an early return to man's normal state this early return is the same as a great storage of virtue with a great storage of virtue there is naught which may not be achieved if there is naught which may not be achieved then no one will know to what extent this power reaches and if no one knows to what extent a man's power reaches that man is fit to be the ruler of a state having the secret of rule his rule shall endure setting the taproot deep and making the spreading roots firm this is the way to ensure long life to the tree tao is the sanctuary where all things find refuge the good man's priceless treasure the guardian and savior of him who is not good hence at the enthronement of an emperor and the appointment of his three ducal ministers though there be some who bear presents of costly jade and drive chariots with teams of four horses that is not so good as sitting still and offering the gift of this tao why was it that the men of old esteemed this tao so highly is it not because it may be daily sought and found and can remit the sins of the guilty hence it is the most precious thing under heaven all the world says that my tao is great but unlike other teaching it is just because 
it is great that it appears unlike other teaching if it had this likeness long ago would its smallness have been known the skilful philosophers of the olden time were subtle spiritual profound and penetrating they were so deep as to be incomprehensible because they are hard to comprehend i will endeavor to describe them shrinking were they like one fording a stream in winter cautious were they like one who fears an attack from any quarter circumspect were they like a stranger guest self-effacing like ice about to melt simple like unpolished wood vacant like a valley opaque like muddy water when terms are made after a great quarrel a certain ill feeling is bound to be left behind how can this be made good therefore having entered into an agreement the sage adheres to his obligations but does not exact fulfilment from others the man who has virtue attends to the spirit of the compact the man without virtue attends only to his claims he who tries to govern a kingdom by his sagacity is of that kingdom the despoiler but he who does not govern by sagacity is the kingdom's blessing he who understands these two sayings finds in them a pattern and a model to keep this pattern constantly in mind is called profound virtue profound virtue is unfathomable far-reaching the reverse of things as they are but leading to perfect conformity with nature end of tao as a moral principle or virtue